Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Hear It For Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I- I'm good, Connor, but more importantly, how are you? Um, look, what I will say is I feel like I'm reaping what I've sown. Due to the fact that over the last week I have taken great pleasure because you said to me, Connor, do not go for runs. It's January. Everyone's getting fit. And yeah, I there was a literal, there was a weather warning like today and yesterday saying yeah. it's too cold. But I also think running is cool. So <sighs> I thought what would happen is if I would just run last week and this week, I could get the fitness up. And what has actually happened is, I've gone running in January in Ireland, and now have a cold. <laughs> You're a bit of a sick boy. <laughs> I am. I have lots of tissues around me. I have a lemon tea that I'm sipping Ooh. with some honey. Just because my voice is getting a bit iffy. But, so if you hear me like you choking, have a sl- some kind of a career based on your voice at all, I was Connor. really hoping that it wouldn't be noticed, but when I thought about it, I don't really have anything else to distract people. There's nowhere to hide on no, the podcast. It's all I have is this. So for the one week that's in it, Sean, as I am a sick boy, is that you get to carry the show this week of Movie Mondays. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's about, you've been holding me back for two and a half years now, Connor. <laughs> Let me off the leash. I'm ready to go, boss. <laughs> I'm just going to start swearing and, and spouting conspiracy theories. Yeah, go for it. Do you want to start any feuds? Uh, oh, who's a lovely person that, by all accounts, does not deserve a feud? Keanu Reeves. Keanu, hey, me. Keanu, yeah, I don't like your hair. It's too long. You haven't aged. What's up that? What's up with that? You're you're too breathtaking. You're What's too that all breathtaking. About? You give too much to charity. It's a cover story. I'm telling you. It's a cover story for the fact that he gives even more to charity. Notice why we never go after Tom Cruise because he could kill us. He, and yeah, like. To be fair, 
like The Rock and Keanu Reeves could probably kill us as well yeah. but they're too nice no I, I mean Tom Cruise is more likely to actually kill us whereas Keanu Reeves through. and The Rock would probably give us in a hug and go you're better than this guys come on yeah they chose the error of our ways yeah a true maybe three ghosts at Christmas or something um, so Sean <laughs> this is Movie Mondays and we are starting this week now even though I'm sick, that does not mean the movie news world stopped spinning because Connor's got the sniffles. That is unfortunately not the case. Um, so we're going to have to start with one of the biggest directors in in Hollywood, I would say, or in the world today. That is Mr. Christopher Nolan. Mr. Mr. Chrissy Ed, as we like to call him. <laughs> Do we like to call him that? I've just come up with it. So yes. Okay. Chrissy um, Ed. Love it. Now, what happened a few weeks ago with HBO Max shot? Uh, so Warner Brothers announced that ev- all of their like new theatrical releases would be simultaneously releasing on HBO Max. <clears throat> but they neglected to inform any of the directors, producers, production companies or crew uh, who Any- worked on those features. Just anyone films. that would be impacted, really. Anyone who might have some kind of thought or opinion on that move, they just told them the same time as they told everyone else over Twitter. <laughs> And so this did not go down well with a lot of people involved, almost exclusively everyone um, involved. So, But most importantly, it didn't go down well with the directors. Yeah, because they were like, we we designed these movies to work specifically in theatres. And the biggest director that did not feel happy with that was Christopher Nolan, who came out and said that it's he was he was very, very unhappy with how they dealt with it. And he was rethinking his options and so the report this week is that the rumour says that Christopher Nolan is unlikely to work with WB or Warner Brothers again after the HBO Max announcement that's I can't blame him at all Mm. Um, what I will say is Christopher Nolan is in a very fortunate position that he can choose not to work with Warner Brothers see he's Christopher Nolan a studio will come to him exactly anyone would be like they'd be chomping at the bit to get Christopher Nolan involved with their company at all. I feel bad for like the like small production companies um who just have to stick it out now because no like they now they're in with someone who will get their film made. And actually Christopher Nolan has been with uh, Warner Bros for over 20 years. Even Memento was with Warner Bros in 2001. Like imagine being Warner Brothers and like it's your fault that that relationship is gone. That this director is acclaimed director who you've been working with essentially from the start. Is he the biggest director in the world? With you. I I don't know if he's the biggest director in the world, but like he's biggest and best aren't the same though. I mean, no. like biggest name recognition. I see again. I I think it like my parents most likely would not know. Christopher Nolan in the mm, same way yeah. that we would know Christopher I Nolan. Spielberg kind of is the is the the household name. Yeah, it would be like Spielberg or Scorsese or anyone like that. But in terms of um, consistently referred to filmmakers and like Christopher Nolan is like he's he's young enough. Like in the next ten or twenty years, I can see him being like you know the Scorsese, like the standard for filmmaking for a lot of people. And yeah. Warner Brothers have just thrown all that out the window. And which is such a strange idea because as we said, like you have Christopher Nolan, he's with you for twenty years. They do, they do the HBO Max decision and say that and they don't even tell him 
Like, surely the idea would be you'd go around to the biggest directors you have on site and go, we're going to do this, or we're thinking of doing this. You've been a loyal... Uh, you brought it as a lot of money. Like, through the Dark Knight trilogy, Dunkirk, Interstellar, Inception, Tenet, how much money has he brought in for that studio? Now, with, Christopher Nolan has his good points and bad points, but just as a company, I just feel like if you have a star player, you tell the star player you might change managers... Or something might change with the tactics before you do it. Yeah, surely they would have like in the same way that you have to announce changes to, st- to like shareholders and things like that. Um, like without people like Christopher Nolan, Warner Brothers would have a much harder job because they would be trying to do all of this in house with their own directors like on staff, their own producers on staff, and trying to manage all of that themselves. Whereas as just like you know, a dis- a distributor, people just come to you with a, with the film essentially already made in a lot of cases. So my question to you, Sean, then is where does he go? If he's finished with um, Warner Brothers, surely Disney like offer him truckloads of money until he says yes. Possible. Now I don't like see. It's tough with Disney because the the films that they've they're generally associated with are more family friendly i would say than christopher nolan is used to yeah um but they do have the 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 branch of searchlight um through the fox merger and that's how they're going to put out like uh presumably any future like alien or predator movies like the not so family friendly ones probably won't get the disney castle at the start of them um but searchlight has that a like it's a little bit edgier i would say and a little bit more um, mature, which I think Nolan might gravitate to. He was in. Apparently, Sony was rumored, wasn't he? Oh wasn't my it? god! So Sony could be looking at bringing in Christopher Nolan because all they have is Spider Man. So you might as well look for him. That's it. And, and look, who would have thought ten years ago that it would be Sony v Disney are the two <laughs> ones that pop into our head? <laughs> I just think, I I think it's a massive. Um, shooting their in themselves in their own foot, if you, because if if he leaves, that does set a precedent that maybe he is the biggest director and he's the only one that can that has the ability to leave. But there's got to be a few people uh, just below him on that level that might also think, you know what, if Christopher Nolan goes, I'm going to get in behind him, and like go out with him like there's a lot of big James Gunn is with them as well currently now he's obviously going back to Disney and Marvel afterwards for Guardians but just in a case of any sort of director if you see Christopher Nolan doing it well if he's doing it I'm going to leave too because he knows what the fuck he's talking about yeah like it's it's and you know the film industry is not opposed to massive acts of solidarity like um, like it was more TV, but the writers' strike that happened a few years back, mm. like that was everyone being on the same team about the same cause. Um, and so, like, I I think directors, especially when it's Christopher Nolan, who he has said like multiple times, he just loves film. He loves film making and the craft of it and the art of it. And he doesn't um, love telling us about it. Oh, mad about it. Mad about spending a load of money on celluloid. <laughs> and, and something he doesn't need to. Doesn't need to do it. But he'll flip a truck. It's fine. Just because it's the art of filmmaking, man. You he'll don't understand. He'll crash a plane into a big glass window. <laughs> crash um, a plane to another plane for the crack. 
But I feel I feel like if you were to pick like a a a, a champion of cinema, if you will, he he's a pretty good bet for someone to follow. So we will keep you updated on where Christopher Nolan is likely to go. But this is probably of all the news stories we're covering today, uh, we do have a big trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla that dropped over the weekend. But this ah, is probably true filmmaking, a true filmmaking in all of its glory. Christopher Nolan, I'm sure, loves that movie. But some there's there's room for all sorts of movies shot. But um, wh- why this is starting off is because I think this might have the biggest knockout effect in the f- movies that we see in the coming years, or how studios react. Like, we're seeing a lot of change in regard to the streaming services, and now with the knockout effect of the people involved in the move to the streaming services, this could be a big time, just in cinema in general, at how we, how we, um, I don't know, how we get delivered our movies over the coming years. So, Sean, speaking of movies that were coming over the coming years, I have a movie that I know you will love, I know you're thinking, oh. yeah, I, I know what you like and I know what you don't like. And one p- specific thing that you love is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Now, Sean, what if I told mm. you? Mm. <laughs> what are your thoughts so far? I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs> I want to know, but I don't want to give him the satisfaction of knowing he, I want to know. So, yeah, consider my interest peaked, okay. but my reservations held. I can understand. So, a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie, Sean. But what if I told you it wasn't a sequel? It was a prequel called Wonka. Boom! Young Willy Wonka. We're getting it. It's set for 2023. Why? Like, what what benefit is there to the story? Because Willy... Oh, fuck me. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Let's go! Willy Wonka's only interesting because no one knows anything about him. Yeah, that's going to be hard to do with the prequel, isn't it? You're going to have to do a lot of, of backstory there. It's, go- it's just going to be a lot of nobody knows what he did. And he's just like, imagine he just did something really like mundane. He just sat around for a few years. But like, it, what if it's... if it, 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 uh, Oh, fuck. I, I'm actually lost for words because this is such a bafflingly stupid idea. But what if I told... I haven't told you who's going to play Willy Wonka. But please, is it go Jared on, Leto? Ten, no, ten, <laughs> no. I will never include Jared Leto news with Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. But Sean, what what were you about to say there? I was about to say that is so. Are we following, you know, famed artisan chocolatier Willy Wonka, whose only interesting thing is that he makes magical sweets and is locked away in a factory with magic. And he ran a competition once. Ran a competition once. Are we following him before all of that happens? Yeah. How how did he get to be eccentric? That's what I want to know. But he. Oh, but even in the in the Johnny Depp one, they touch on it. They and actually it's do dull cover, as fuck. They do cover all of his backstory in in that Johnny Depp one. Yeah. They show From his childhood wearing weird headgear. He has uh, the scene where he's like, if you leave this house now, I won't be here when you come back. And then the house it. is gone. That's a There's great the scene. the Hall of Flags. <clears throat> hall of Flags that he just stays in his town. Um, there, It's all there. We actually see him going through the jungle, finding the Oompa Loompas in that movie. But what if we had a whole long 90-minute project, him going through a jungle, maybe encountering some animals, maybe trying to survive. Maybe the Predator turns up. 
Oh, oh, that, look, that's the only way I'll accept this movie is if the the Predator from the 2018 movie The Predator. <laughs> yes, that shows one specifically, up. not the Arnie one. Even though he's set in the jungle. No, 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 no. I want the you know the the Boyd Hallbrook The Predator. Yeah. So, Sean, when you have a young Willy Wonka, you're gonna need. This is a big movie. You're gonna need some of the hottest young actors in Hollywood currently to okay. take over the role. So yeah, sorry, sorry. Before you say it, I have one more guess. Okay. And this is the only good casting for a young Willy Wonka. Okay. I swear to God, Robert yeah. Sheehan. No. Also, Robert Sheehan is not young anymore, is he? He's like think- 20, 30? There's no way he's 20. No, he's 20 something. Hang on. Is How he? old is he? Definitely. No. He was born in 88, making him 33 years old. What the fuck? See, I still think of him in Misfits. Yeah, where he's not, like 17. Not that, ter- <laughs> not that 33 is old, but it's weird that he was in Misfits and we, he's 17 to us in our brains, always. All yeah, like to this day. <laughs> so he can't play young Willy Wonka. I need someone in their twenty or under, or maybe I'll give you early twenties. It's gonna early be early twenties. Young, yeah, young actors. Who who's a young actor these days? Is one of the Stranger Things kids? Is it Tom Hanks? Is it Tom, could it be Tom Hanks? Can we rewrite it to be he, Tom? He Hanks? has the range. Is it Tom Holland? Tom Holland is the number one choice, and number two that they are currently courting is Timothy Chalamet. So Timothy, Sh- what? <laughs> that is the two choices to play Willy Wonka. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't like these. Those are bad choices. Why you like Tom Holland and Timothy I li- Chalamet? I like them both, but they're both better than this Wonka movie. <laughs> I think we all are, Sean. I think we all are. <laughs> How's it okay? Which what's slow? Okay, what slowed down song are they going to use in the trailer? <laughs> hurt, hurt by Johnny Cash. Is it hurt by Johnny Cash? <laughs> it's going to be black and white, and it's just Timothy Chalamet looking in the mirror, going, "I fucking love chocolate." Or it's going to be a really slow version uh, of uh, the, the pure imagine. You know, come with me and you'll see. Oh yeah, in a world yeah. of pure imagine, it's going to be that. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be like real serious. Yeah, yeah, they're going to try and play it straight, despite the fact that every version of Willy Wonka is a lunatic. It's, yeah, I, Willy Wonka, we have very much decided, is a complete maniac in all of those films. Um, he's willing to let any of those kids die. Yeah, he's willing Even to kill Charlie. me, himself, he doesn't care. What if it follows Grandpa Joe during the war? I. What if it follows Grandpa Joe every single day when he wakes up and thinks, nah, today is not the day I'm standing up. Fuck that. Yeah, and the movie that. just goes like that. Wait on me hand and foot, everyone. Wait on me. Well, like, oh, wait, there's a chocolate factory tour on hand. Fucking let's go. Oh, me knees are dancing fine. dancing time. Oh, shit, the time for a little jig. Go away, Grandpa Joe. Where were you on the hard times? Nowhere. Oh, you're a piece of shit, Grandpa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that movie. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, so that Willy Wonka is getting a prequel shot. But I think it all comes down to with all prequels. Is the character more or less interesting before the big movie that he's already in? It's so much less, especially in this case, because we don't, we as an audience don't know Willy Wonka until Gene Wilder walks down the, the carpet and does a front flip. And that's yes. all you need to know about him. 
Or like the Johnny Depp version when he's just like, Papa? And he's looking into the distance. Like, that is way funnier if you know nothing about what happened. Yeah, where Johnny Depp is having these weird flashbacks in the middle of the tour. Like like he's thinking of Nam. Like he's just like, Papa? Oh no. And he's just staring into the distance. Every time it cuts back and all of the adults and kids are just looking at him. That's great. That's that's amazing. But... (laughs) Not if he's just a regular boy who loves chocolate and becomes a and, chocolatier. And then he starts kidnapping people. We, Connor, we've already had a Johnny Depp film called Chocolat. Oh my God. Bring Johnny Depp back for this movie. Yeah, is it set in any of the canon universes? Like, I don't think so. Th- look, you're asking me questions that nobody cares about. I don't know. <laughs> is Christopher Lee still his dad? Christopher Lee is still his dad, yes. Okay, go on. Christopher Lee's all of our dad. Oh, man. That's Count Dooku. <laughs> yeah, but he seems nice enough in that movie. Well, at, at, at the end, like. At, at the end, yeah. Yeah. At the start, he moves We're a whole house nice just to get away end. from his son. Yeah, he abandons a 12-year-old. He shouldn't have went to that Hall of Flags. The bastard. The bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet could be playing a young Willy Wonka. That is already locked in for 2023, which I still think of us in 2020. So every every week that I'm setting up movie news or whatever, I'm like doing the things. It's like, this movie's set to come out 2021. I'm like, oh, that's next year. Wait, that's not no, wait, next that's, year. That's... That's today year. That's now. Um, so, yes, Willy Wonka is getting a prequel. Everyone rejoice. This is the most interesting version of that character. Um, so we're going to move on to another piece of good movie series that they are now expanding the franchise, Sean. Because I have Harry Potter and the Wizarding World franchise is expanding at Warner Brothers. Aren't, aren't, aren't they? like really waiting on a fucking next Fantastic Beast movie at the same time? I mean, they do have that, but that's kind of gone off the boil. So what if we kept doing them, but then just decided that we're just going to do a whole bunch of other stuff as well to try and distract you from the mildness of those movies? Is it true HBO Max and is it some kind of police procedural, maybe? Pretty <laughs> good HBO Max is fucking Wallander or Broadchurch. Like, it's all just criminal shit. Like, to be fair, like, the wizard, like, the, 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 what's it called? The Ministry of Magic? Yeah. You could do some interesting, like, stories there, but they're probably not going to do, like, oh, there's a, there, there's a wizarding serial killer uh, just going around butchering people. Isn't they're that probably Voldemort? not going to do that. That, you know what? That is Voldemort, but they never there, touch on the amount of people he really kills. Lads, no, seriously, there's a really bad serial killer going around killing all these wizards. And someone's just like, have we not already had one of them? Yeah, it's another one. It's another yeah, one, but, and he's just as bad. In, in many ways worse, because this one isn't associated with some prophecy bullshit. He's no, he just, just a lunatic. He just likes killing. He's just mad about it. Um, so... What they said in their statement was, In Harry Potter and the Wizarding World, Sean, we have an iconic franchise and characters that have become a beloved part of the lives of millions around the world. (laughs) This is a speech you give to investors, by the way. So a PR person has come up with this, but let's try and whittle down on the bullshit. This new management of the franchise
eyes highlights its enormous importance to Warburgs and the myriad of opportunities. Oh, fuck it, hell. Rubs hands see, together saying cha-ching. Absolutely. We see for continued the myriad of opportunities, dollar signs in the eyes. We see Toys, for con- books, lunchboxes. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, too old. What if we got a new kid? Um, we see for continuing to engage and delight fans of all ages across the globe. I'm excited for Tom to be leading our efforts and look to him and his team to work across the company to discover innovative and creative ways of keeping the wizarding world fresh and relevant for years to come. Profitable. Is what that means. <laughs> Harry Potter, not including the Fantastic Beasts prequels, has made $8 billion at the box Fuck office. me. That's a lot Jesus. of money. Jesus. That is a lot of money. And I guess they were thinking Pottermania has died down quite a bit in recent years. Well, that's. Well, JK has tried her best to make it die down quite a lot recently. Tried her best to properly kill that franchise, <laughs> she, hasn't she? took she? out the shotgun and she said, I'm going to make sure nobody talks to me again. <laughs> Said, shut your eyes, Harry. (laughs) So, no projects specifically have been announced by Warner Brothers at this time, is what I should say. But they have sent out two press releases saying they're working on more Harry Potter stuff. Sean, does this franchise need more expansion, such as, like, maybe a Star Wars kind of other random areas of the galaxy? Or should we just leave it that you nailed eight movies, and they're all really good for what they are? Just leave it. I just move on. Yeah, it's tough, you see, because some some stuff is interesting and I'd like to see more of. Um like the as I said, the like the Ministry for Magic stuff, that could be interesting. Um but it just sounds so like desperate is the word I want to use. We're just like, what if what if we make a TV series? What if we tell a, a bunch of small wizarding stories? But the Harry Potter universe is kind of built around these big event-style releases. Like, every book and every movie was like people would be waiting outside at midnight to experience it. I don't know if that'll have the same level of hype and success if it's, oh, we'll turn on our laptop at 12am and watch it then. You know? It's very strange that, like, if they could do a series, I suppose, and they could put it on HBO Max. It's there. You might as well. You're with water media, so you have that ability. But it is very strange if they do another like massive movie series over like seven movies. I don't think anyone wants that. For example, the Fantastic Beasts prequels, they've gotten the three, well, they've gotten the two, and people have already kind of given up, and there's meant to be five of those jokes. Yeah, like, and, like the first one was quite good, but the second one... <laughs> <laughs> the second one is bad. The second one is so bad. It's just objectively a bad film. <laughs> yeah. So they're making a turn in fourth and fifth because the problem is they signed on to five straight away, and that was fine when you had the Harry Potter movies because you had you had seven books. So we know they're coming out. Let's copy off them. But to do this, and they're just saying they're going to make the franchise bigger. We don't know how right now. How if in an ideal world. If they have to expand this, what way would you like them to expand it? Ooh, so if I had full creative control... Yeah, what, what, straight away, what would you say? We're not doing that. I'm taking this instead. Um, do, do you know what could be fun, actually? Is like... Yeah, okay, these are two very different genres. But either like The Queen's Gambit... 
but for Quidditch. Or Mean Machine, but for Quidditch. <laughs> I'd watch a Mean Machine for Quidditch. I absolutely would. I like a, a ragtag team of Quidditch yeah. players. And Adam Sandler's there. By. You're thinking he gets of arrested? Dodgeball. No, I'm thinking of the longest yard. I know. <laughs> um, which is the same movie, just translated to American football. But what if Adam Sandler was there and Goldberg showed up and I'd like to see Goldberg on a broom? Like, here's the... the I, I would like to see a Harry Potter genre that isn't action-adventure, if that makes sense. Mm, I don't know if that'll sell, though. Probably not, but I think it would be more interesting than a by-the-numbers Harry Potter story. Because um, also, you can't just plop those characters into any situation and have it make sense. By all accounts, that play that they did, The Cursed Child, not great in terms of story. <laughs> Why don't you bring all the old guys back, do that weird makeup thing you did? Fucking perfect! They, they didn't make him look older, just more tired. No, Daniel Radcliffe still looks the same. He's aging well, that chap. Aging great. Yeah. Um, I just think that, you know, expand the universe by telling different types of stories. It like Not everything has to be a world-ending plot. Not everything has to be the fate of the wizarding world hangs in the balance. It, you could have, like, ju- minor parts of the wizarding world hangs in the balance. Yeah, like, you know, or or do like, um, like tell about a family of wizards, like trying to fit in in normal society or something like that. Oh, like they're trying to hide it. And then it's like this whole thing of like, no, except who you are, everyone else will as well eventually. And 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 do it as a HBO Max series of six episodes. Do, yeah, do not drag this shit out for 18. Don't no, arrow please. season four this. Do not arrow season... Why are we so much invested in arrow recently? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a good reference for a show completely <laughs> dropping off. Um, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, we have put up a new episode on our Patreon this weekend. Oh, um, yeah. Yesterday that we did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and we did a, a, a review of one of my favourite movies of all time. And it didn't really feel like a review. It just felt like us... Me talking to my pal about a movie that I really like. It's like how we used to hang out in college. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, did you see that? Oh my god, I did. Um, Wasn't that class when he did the. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I just wanted to say that because I just thought of it um, and that it was very much fun. So if you want to head over to the Patreon right now, you can get that and all the other Lazarus Pit shows that we've done. Um, we've got loads of reviews up there of Batman Begins and Spider-Man 2 and all sorts of stuff. Um, but, Sean, we're moving on to another franchise that we have not seen in a long time that's getting a reboot. What if I told you... I'm just going to say the headline. You tell me what you feel. Okay. The Naked Gun reboot wants Liam Neeson in the lead. Oh. In, oh, oh. This, oh. Hmm, oh. Hang on now. Okay, so Naked Gun, classic uh, parody film franchise. We love um, it. Naked Gun's we lo- great. Naked Gun's amazing. Um, and Liam Neeson as the lead. That's right, I he think reti- he could he, do it. Yeah, he stepped back recently. He said, I was, I'm was. i not going to do any more action movies. No, uh, cause, I, cause that's 68. not what he said. As a man who does movie news, he specifically said, I'm not going to do any more action movies after the next three. Which I feel is a bit of a cop-out, Liam. 
Yeah, well, he's already contracted on those. <laughs> he's, he's got three more lined up, but after that, I am done. I'm I telling am you finished, now. Lads. I'm finished, um, lads. After three more of the same movie where I kill a bunch of people over my daughter, I am done. So, I can see him as, like, what, do you think he'd be the Leslie Nielsen in The Naked Gun? Yeah, I, d- I don't think he could be anyone else. I think he has to be, Liam Neeson has to be the Leslie Nielsen. Oh, oh, very good. You know, yes. you could write a joke around that in the movie. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But what if I also told you that he has been approached, um, Neeson divulged this, uh, these details, and he said he was approached by Mr. Seth MacFarlane and Paramount Studios to maybe resurrect the Naked Gun Phillips. Interesting. How much of a, a of an audience do you think there is for the 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 Naked Gun franchise at um, this point for new ones? I that's something I don't know because me and you like those old movies are classics. Like, and I I personally love them. Um, my favorite is actually Loaded Weapon instead of Lethal Weapon. You, that's, you've said this to me, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my favorite one, and that's just because I remember. I think that was the first one I seen under an airplane. And Airplane's obviously the best one, but Lone Weapon is my favourite due to the fact that, like, they has the scene where they're just like, the, the two cops are driving, and they're like, I think we're being followed, and the two guys are actually in the back seat of their car, <laughs> and then he's like, I'll try and lose them, and they, like, really turned really sharply, and then it cuts back to the car, and the two guys are gone, and I just thought, what the fuck is this? I remember watching it going, this is the most ludicrous thing ever, no movie has ever been this silly. And I was perfectly... I was like 10 or 11. So I was perfect age. But um, the Naked Gun franchise, I think, worked so much better back then because a lot of heroes were all like... They were all Stallone. Like, they were all unkillable. And so the idea that this movie didn't take itself seriously was kind of what sold it. Um, not OJ Simpson. I just want to really nail down it was not I because of him. Hammer that home. Uh, not it wasn't good. because of him. Uh, but... <laughs> I think those movies worked a lot better in the yeah in the world that it was in because there was a lot of movies back then that took themselves very seriously and that kind of just got to take the piss out of everything do you think that could work now though I mean I suppose it could because the movies do take themselves seriously now but I feel like there's so much comedic um, projects currently going on either in streaming or in movie that are kind of spoofs themselves is this unique anymore yeah, see, there's a lot of, um, like, not, okay, so Naked Gun is, like, entirely parody, but not in a a, a, a Meet the Spartans kind of way, oh, or yeah, a like, scary movie kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, scary movie is, like, Naked Gun, but, like, leveled down, like, watered down four levels. Yeah, Naked Gun is extremely clever, extremely dry as well. But Yeah, extremely clever, but looks dumb. Yeah, you, like it, it's enjoyable by anyone because sometimes there's hilarious antics and sometimes there's a joke that's four layers deep and you don't get it till the night after you watch it. Yeah, but I like I also think that you know, movies now that you can parody, it's it's very easy to go to the like the lowest form of comedy with those, like the superhero genre. You could you could literally just have like you know people with their their underpants outside their regular pants. And I mean, all this Deadpool kind of has already done the spoof of the superhero thing. 
Yeah, and it, and Deadpool, like Deadpool is more calling attention to it, but yeah, that's the that's the form of it's it's self parody at that point. Um, whereas if you were doing a new Naked Gun series, the absolute best play would be to slowly build up to a Naked Gun style Infinity War slash End Game. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> Where like surviving actors from the original series, not OJ Simpson. No, not the uh, juice. Do not let that juice loose. But like bring them back and things like that. Like I, I just I don't know how uh, you you need to have the cleverest writers in Hollywood as well to make that movie. Do you think Seth MacFarlane is that guy? I don't know. Like he he's odd. Like he he's he's a wild one because. A lot of his stuff can be just seen as, oh, this is the basis level of what comedy can be defined as. Mm. But then, but then also there there are some clever jokes in things like uh, even movies like uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West and Ted and stuff like that. There's a couple of glimmers of genuine like, oh, that's that's quite clever. That's quite funny. And I I, th- I do think Sam McFarlane is is good. Like I think he is very funny, and I feel like Family Guy does get a bad rep, but I think Family Guy can be hilarious. It's just a case of people see like the crudest dro- jokes, and then they're just kind of like, "Oh, like that's the that's the level." Painted with the same brush, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and and I feel like it's it's kind of unfair to him to do that. Now he can be unfunny, but I think most times he does at least get a chuckle or a laugh. And um, the issue is like, say with Ted Two or something, I feel like that wasn't funny in any way. No. So, it's it's where he comes in. As you said, the Naked Gun movies can only work. Liam Neeson actually, I think, is perfect comedically for that lead role. And I don't think you would look at Liam Neeson and think eh, funny, but he did a sketch, I remember, with Ricky Gervais. With Ricky Gervais, yeah. I was yeah, just going to bring this up. A few years ago. And he is hilarious. Like, it comedically... I, we've never actually really seen him in a comedy, like, out-and-out comedy. But I think he could be hilarious as a straight man that never cracks and all this shit is going on around him. Um, but I, yeah, it's interesting what you said that the Naked Gun movies are very, very clever, but look really dumb. And the problem is with all the scary movies, they looked really dumb and they were really dumb. Um, and they just kept going base level constantly. And I feel like I'm worried that if they reboot it, they'll go straight to base level. Yeah, and they'll just try and do it as quickly as possible. Um, and think, oh, this is just these are dumb movies. It can be dumb, but you need you need the clever kind of dumb, <laughs> which is weird thing to say. But you know what I mean, or you know what we mean, don't you? I th- I hope everyone gets that. Like what what we're saying, like it's the it's the the dry delivery and the the absurd, like you know fourth or fifth dimension jokes that work like the guys being chased um like try and get a a writer to come up with that now because also so many of those jokes have been done i wonder what what's left to be kind of discovered yeah i I suppose like even like the the human condom from the first naked gun like that is such a dumb idea like the the full-size one or like an airplane when it's like, surely you can't be serious, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. But in that same movie, you have the thing of, your one is freaking out in the seat, and then the lady shakes her, and then there's a big long line of, like, Muhammad Ali and a nun with nunchucks. Yeah, and, and there's <laughs> someone just has a revolver. Yeah, and a revolver. So, like, I think you can have all these jokes, but I think 
at the time you're like, oh, that's silly. But then the next day you're telling them to your friends and you're all cracking up laughing. I feel like these spoof movies haven't done that in a few years. Um, and I'm worried that it, this would be that. But if they can pull it off, I'd, I'm delighted because I think it could be a really funny idea. Yeah, yeah. In concept, I like that they're trying this. I just hope they pull it off. Okay, so we're going to move on to another idea that Sony might have. Now, they might be snapping up Christopher Nolan shot, but they're also doing other things involving everyone's favourite character, Spider-Man, that they own and they're not giving back. And so, Never, not once, not on your life will they ever give Spider-Man back now, fully. Now, we, we know that Sony have been trying to set up Venom. They've been trying to set up Morbius the Living Vampire because they're trying to get a Spider-Man universe going. But they are trying to to expand their roster of Spider-Man adjacent films kind of thing um, because they're trying to build their own cinematic universe. Yes. With just with just Spider-Man or some people from Spider-Man. So the latest character that they say might be getting a spin-off is Spider-Man's Dusk. Sean, who is Dusk in the Spider-Man lore? Oh, the, here's the best answer to any Marvel-related question. Yep. Which version of Dusk? Um, <laughs> um, that I don't know. Right, I do. I do not know which one they're choosing. No worries. As a quick uh, by the by, they do say so, that it will be most likely to centre around Cassie said comments. Yes, that's the the main Dusk, shall we okay. say? Okay. Uh, so Dusk originally was um, a leader of a group of rebels in the negative zone, who Spider Man helped out. Um, the leader died, Spider-Man put on the, the costume and led them into battle. Um, after that, Spider-Man kept the costume and used it when he he was accused of murder at some point. But he was like, oh, no one likes Spider-Man anymore, but I still got to save people. So he dressed up as Dusk <laughs> to help people. Um, How sad. I, I don't know. need somebody else. <laughs> He's so needy. Um, but then um, there's uh, a girl called Cassie St. Commons. Um, and she basically has no superpowers at the start, um, but kind of falls in with a, a superhero group. Um, mm. And their initiation for joining the team is that, oh, just jump across the buildings. That's fine. And all the superpowered kids can do it. But Cassie is regular, but she jumps anyway. What? Um, no one's paying attention to her and she falls to her death. Um, that's the end however, of this movie. First that's the minutes. end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Cassie uh, was then left in a state somewhere in between life and death. Um, Don't tell me she was licked back to life by cats. Batman's Not at all, but very style. similar. Very similar in terms <laughs> okay. of concept. Um, but she has powers like she can like teleport uh, and she's kind of made of shadows and she can affect people psychically and things like that. Um, okay, I, I might do a hero zero on her because she's actually quite interesting. Um, but she, she's she's a very dark character um, in terms of powers, and she, you know she's constantly living in between life and death, and she's alive but she doesn't have a heartbeat, uh, and she's really distant with everyone because of it. Um, but do you know so who I, else is is between life and death, Sean? I think I know who you're going to say. Morbius the Living yep. Vampire. <laughs> yes, indeed he is. What a, what a way to get her involved. They are going darker. They have Venom. They have Morbius. They, it's weird that like they have Spider-Man, who's in my eyes is always like the brightest, most colourful character ever. And they're just going Venom, Morbius, Dusk. 
Just shadows. Just love shadows. Yeah, like, and the thing is, this could be a really cool character visually. Like, imagine a superhero made of, like, smoke and shadow coming at you. Yeah, uh, fuck. And you can and do you really also ha- cool things with that. Yeah, and you also have this really complex, like, story of what does it actually mean to be alive. You know, like... Fucking hell. Because Cassie and Morbius, in a lot of ways, um, you could play them as being, like... Um, yeah, Cassie, Cassie's closer to being dead than alive. Morbius is closer to being alive than dead. Um, but who's really doing more with that? Oh, my God. You could do, you could go so deep, like, so down the rabbit hole for this movie. But let's before we start getting good, this is Sony and their Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man. Let's just... Everyone take a breath. <laughs> yeah, we've currently seen one film in the universe. <laughs> that was Venom. <laughs> and it was fine at best. <laughs> I would say less than fine. I mean, he eats that guy's head and then turns into turns back into Tom Hardy and he's chewing. I'm yeah, still not okay look, with that. I still... No, I can't get behind cannibalism. That's where I'll draw the line. Th- that's uh, where I'm drawn... As Charlie... As um, Willy Wonka says in the... In the Johnny Depp one, cannibalism. Now that is frowned upon in most countries. Everything in this room is edible. Even you are edible. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think that of all, like weirdly, out of if you had said this to me like two or three years ago, it's like, oh, which do you think will do the best out of Venom, Morbius, or Dusk? I would not have picked Dusk, but now I think that's one I'd be really interesting to see, and it's something that we haven't seen yet. And I think that she could react or interact with Tom Holland's Spider-Man really well. Like, if she's a hero, but she's very dark, and Tom Holland is, as we all know, he's got that youthful charm. He's all, like, doughy-eyed, and he's just nice, and he's just tried his best. And then on the far side, you have this very dark hero, but they're both heroes, and they're both trying to save people. Yeah, but they might go about it. In different ways. You could even have um, a Spider-Man Dusk team up against Morbius and Venom. That could work. That could work really well. And imagine, like, imagine Spider-Man and Dusk teaming up, saving someone. Like, they would get very different reactions versus, you know, the friendly, colourful Spider-Man or the creature of death made of shadow and smoke. Mm. Citizens in New York would react very differently to those two. And that might have an effect on you know, Dusk and Spider-Man's relationship. And I think this is very much a building block because we know for, we've know we known for some time that Sony are trying to build their own universe. And so Olivia Wilde, if you remember, was signed on to direct, uh, we think it's Spider-Woman, but that's not that's not confirmed. Um, so if Spider-Woman is there, you also have a Craven the Hunter movie that they are attempting to make, along with a Black Cat movie that they are attempting to make. You also have Morbius, Venom, now Dusk. There's a lot of characters here you can use in a Spider-Verse kind of situation. Yeah, like, it, it's... And and it, we'll have to see what happens when Spider-Man 3 comes out with Marvel, because that looks to tie in... Sorry, Morbius looks to tie in to that universe as well. So I don't know how transferable all these characters are to each other. Um... But it would be nice to see, like, Tom Holland, Peter Parker have a team his own age. What, you know? Why would like, he need a team, though, Sean? Like, who would he be up against? Oh, maybe, oh, if I had to pick a number, perhaps yeah. six villains? Six. And, and are they sinister? 
Oh, they're, they're, they're not nice, I'll tell you that much. And it would be easy to bring a few of them across. Like, you have Black Hat and Craven and all there, but it would be quite easy to bring them across, seeing as though you're opening the mentions to Alfred Molina and, and other people from other movies. So perhaps take a route through the negative zone, maybe. Maybe just once or twice, and then you have 6v6 and battle to the death. <laughs> the, um, and also, the, the comic that Cassie St. Commons first appeared in is called Slingers. Interesting. Now, wouldn't that be a good team name for some kind of, you know, spider-related characters? See, I think it would be a better team name for, like, people in the Wild Wild West. No, that Connor, that's what cowboys are. <laughs> Sorry. You've yeah, gotten confused like, again. The, yeah, but, like, a bunch of cowboys call them the slingers. Uh, that, that's called a, a... What's it called? Fuck, what's a, a group of cowboys called? A school, a school of cowboys. A school of cowboys. <laughs> Everybody knows that, Sean. Um, so, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is actually news that... W- it kind of relates to HBO Max and everything that we were talking about earlier a on. A posse. Sorry, it's a posse. <laughs> it's not a posse. It's just not. It um, is. So, we're moving on to Top Gun Maverick, Sean. Now... Paramount are releasing a new Top Gun movie where Tom Cruise will ultimately try to kill himself all over again. But they're also there's an issue called the Global Bastard currently going on that's I've pushing a lot of a lot of things back and things might be moving to streaming services. And my news today is that Top Gun Maverick, Paramount has reportedly passed on offers from Netflix and Apple to send the film to streaming deciding instead that they're going to basically go completely true with releasing it in theatres because they think it'll make its money back, even though Netflix and Apple have offered to buy it. Oh, they're going to be kicking themselves when this doesn't work. I was just about to... I was thinking the same thing. Now, Top Gun Maverick, do you think they could get enough money in the cinemas... If if Tenet didn't make a lot of money and Wonder Woman didn't make a lot of money, do you think Top Gun Maverick has that juice to send it over to one billion, Mark? I'm actually not sure because, like, it it it, it could be a big summer blockbuster movie, but but also summer could be a lot different than other summers, as we've previously learned in terms of film releases. Mm. I'm not sure that it's. Got the the like the sticking power that a movie that's not Top Gun Maverick might have. I think a Mission Impossible might do okay, but I I've I've thought from the start that Top Gun Maverick will not do as well as they think it will do. No, I think it would have done well in the nineties, maybe. But like, I think now it's it's okay like you'll get a lot of people going out but i don't think you're going to get massive amounts like if this came out in a normal year it's coming out july 2nd so it's the 4th of july weekend which is the perfect time to bring this movie out if you have a movie about fighter pilot action um but i think top gun maverick although it does have tom cruise and it is a beloved 80s film i don't know if it's a built-in audience that's that big. I think there's a lot of people that have nostalgia, but I don't know if it's going to drive people to the cinema to be like, oh, better go see that Top Gun movie. Tom Cruise is in. He's the hottest name in Hollywood. He, yeah, I, yeah. It's not... Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but it, it, it's Independence not Independence so Day 2. There you go. <laughs> that is exactly right, Connor. That Everyone thought that was a surefire thing. 
Ah, but they didn't have Big Will left. They didn't have Big Will anymore. This has Big Will just in Tom Cruise form. I, but I also don't think that he's the box office... Dr- well, I say this, but his movies keep making money. Well, no. I don't- the Mo- Mission Impossible movies keep making money. The movie, not so much. You know what, you're right. And fair juice to you, Connor. You called me on my bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I think that in in a, let's say it, a pandemic, um, maybe big plane movie isn't the thing that will drive people to go to the cinema. I think if Avengers Endgame came out on July 2nd, it wouldn't make a billion dollars. No, that's totally fair to say, because it wouldn't, and it shouldn't. No, but and so just... if Top Gun Maverick even makes half, uh, even makes its budget back, because I'm assuming it cost $100 million to make, Tom Cruise does not come cheap for a Top Gun remake. No, but all, like, I don't, how, like, do you think they'll try and sell it again to Netflix and Apple? When I think it's current, like May. Yeah. I think they're currently sitting on the fact, oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. I'm worried that in May they'll think, we probably should have sold it to Netflix in January because now they have no interest in having it. Yeah, and, and now no one has any interest in watching it because it's been pushed back again. Um. So... We're going to finish off Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with our final piece of news, and that is the big trailer of the week. Now, this is a movie that was not pushed back, but in fact pushed forward to March of this year. It was originally during the summer, and they said, no, 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 we're going to push it to March 26th. And that is Godzilla vs. Kong. And it got its official trailer um, yesterday, I think it was. Or was it this morning? I think No, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, 24th. This is Legendary's Monsterverse that they're trying to set up. Now, this is like the fourth movie, including you've got King Kong and you've got two Godzilla movies. So, this is the this is the fourth one of that. Sean, you have watched the movie, or the trailer. I have watched the trailer. What are your thoughts on this? Okay. I haven't seen any of the Kong movies. Um, but King Kong looks pretty good. Like, as, as, a, as an effect, I he think looks that's gigantic. Pretty, looks massive. Uh, which I suppose is good for this monster movie. Someone needs to check that man, do a drug test or something, because in between movies, he got gigantic. But they do say in the Kong film that he's not finished growing, which I feel yeah, is like, like a loose... He was like a child in the first one, really. I suppose, yeah. You could be like, oh, he got massive over time. He got jacked. He got swole. But yeah. I have two things <laughs> He was talking to, say. to Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, he dehydrated himself for three days. That's why he looks so big. He's uh, going to pop out of a fucking tank of water now with claws. Look at me! In terms of this movie, I have two things I need to say. One, is Godzilla the bad guy? Because in the Godzilla movie, he seemed like a good guy. Godzilla has constantly seemed like a good guy. Or not even a good guy, but he turns up, fucks up the bad guys, and then goes back to sleep. Is my opinion of him. But... I think in this one, the impression that I got is that Godzilla might be under control of somebody else. Um, or else the two of them have been tricked. Do you know what I think this is, Sean? And I'm sorry to say it. I what? think this is the plot of Batman vs. Superman. Um, without Max Landis doing the thing. I think what's going to happen is that the two of them are going to fight for the first two thirds of the film. And then there's going to be a big bad person that shows up. An even bigger monster. And there's going to be a moment where they look at each other and think, we got to work together. And then a wonder Mothra will turn up. And he'll say, is she with you? 
and then Godzilla will say, <laughs> I thought she was with you. It's, I, you know, I don't think you're too far wrong there. Now, my second question. How the fuck does King Kong put up a fight against Godzilla? <laughs> that is a very interesting question due to the fact that there's literally no way. Godzilla has like nuclear blast. He's got he's got like superpowers. Yeah, um, he's powered by atomic energy. Yeah, Godzilla and a King Kong. He's got lots of moxie. I'll give him that. But I feel like Kong steps up. Godzilla nuclear blast to the face. Two seconds, game over. Everyone yeah, go King- home. We've all had a fun day. King Kong, who's canonically been killed by some guns. <laughs> Godzilla, canonically, never killed by a few guns. These are all the stat sheets that come up before the fight. Like, I, I don't understand how it's... In the trailer, it looks like he catches the, the, the atomic breath. How? And second of all, like... I'm just, I'm just, maybe I need to watch the Kong movies. Maybe they explain. Maybe there's a, a, an after credit scene where they're like, well, Godzilla went mental... Um, but, but, but yeah, I I think the plot of the movie is that Godzilla might be going. I think Godzilla's being controlled by somebody else. Now, yeah, they say he's hurting people, and we don't know why. Yeah, we don't know why. I think he might be either being mind controlled or it's a fucking robot Godzilla. I don't know. But there's some scenario where Godzilla's being framed, basically, right? And they're like, "We're gonna ruin the good name of Godzilla for some reason." Um. And everyone's like, we don't know what to do. We better go get Kong. And we tra- we strap him to a boat and bring him out to the ocean and let him fight him. And I think that's the start of the trailer. But I don't I don't know... Oh, also I wanted to say that the music in this trailer is so bad it made me laugh mm. out loud about how mm. ridiculous the music is. That it kicks in just as the fight begins and it's meant to be really cool. And I was thinking, if I was 12... This would be the most fun I've ever watched watching a trailer. But watching it now, I just burst out laughing at that music chase. I was just like, that is so ridiculous as a concept to put that song in here, watching a gorilla fight a Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, and look, what I look to its credit, it, it does the whole thing looks quite good. Oh, yeah, uh, the CGI is really, really good. Yeah, it's unreal. Uh, the cities are really cool design. It's like this weird cyberpunk mess of lights. Um, I like them the the sound effects. I didn't like the music, but the sound of Godzilla and Kong and like just whoever was working on the sound on the project, like they did a really good job because you yeah, feel spe- like you feel the the power of both of them. Yeah, specifically that um that the uh, atomic breath sound effect. That yeah, they have for that's Godzilla really good. That, whoever came unreal. up with that effect, get them a promotion. Yeah. Now. I I don't know if March is the right time for this movie. Um, is it is it solely theatrical or will this do a streaming thing as well? Uh, it will be available to stream on HBO Max from the same right. date. Interesting. So th- this is the, the 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 benchmark then, really. After Wonder Woman, of course. Um, yeah, but this so is it'll like- be available on HBO Max for thirty one days, and after that, it'll be it'll be off HBO Max. Yeah, so I've been playing, while we've been talking, I've been playing the trailer through again uh, with subtitles on. And when it gets to the big fight, the subtitles just say, (laughs) brackets, hip-hop continues. (laughs) 
Hip hop does continue. I love when hip hop continues. Oh I my hate God. when hip hop stop. Oh, that, we're so white. When hip hop stop, I be sad. When hip hop continues, I be happy. That's what I always <laughs> say, Sean. That's my chest tattoo. Um, so, who do you think is going to win? I don't think. I don't think either of them are going to win. I see. This is so similar to Superman versus Batman. Godzilla <laughs> should absolutely batter Kong. Like, around the place. It shouldn't even be a fight. But it'll, the movie will make sure that Kong has some sort of advantage. And then they have to stop fighting because there's an even bigger monster on the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought of another one. Go for it. It'll, it'll end when Godzilla says, Save Motra! Save oh, Motra! Oh, very good. <laughs> yes! Very good. <laughs> I hope Max Landis isn't here. <laughs> Just like, let's get them to fight. You mean Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> no, I mean Max Landis. Jesse Eisenberg playing Max Landis. <laughs> oh, I see. Of course, yes. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the little girl? Like, Kong will only talk to the little girl. So hey, you have to go get... What's up with that? I don't know. I, how do you, she... Sorry, how do you discover that that's a thing? Like... Have they just been throwing things and saying, will it work? Maybe he'll talk to a dog. Raccoon. Uh, cow. Uh, this little girl we found in the street. Oh, oh that worked. Like a little King Kong doll. Oh, it is. No, we gave the dog the King Kong doll. Didn't fucking do nothing with it. Just ate it. Made Kong angry. Damn you, Rex. Anything. Kong saw that as a threat. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the, um, Tokyo looked really cool. Um, and I, I do think going to be a fun monster mashup or fight I don't I think people shouldn't look down at this type of movie I think it's a silly fun rub let's watch fucking Godzilla versus Kong fight for a little bit yeah it is let's watch big monsters punch each other it's Pacific Rim but it's Pacific Rim yeah just with the two monsters instead of robots and monsters Um, but also did you see King Kong has Milnir at the end yeah what's up with that it looks like he's used a spike from the back of Godzilla and, like, sharpened it. Because they say, like, there was a war and they're the two last standing warriors kind of shit. So maybe they fought before and Kong, King Kong took one of his spikes on his back and made it an axe. But I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. And maybe that's how he's absorbing the atomic breath because it's, like, part of Godzilla or whatever. But... Godzilla could also just aim slightly lower, right? And kill Kong <laughs> oh, immediately. I think Godzilla go straight for the go straight for like the stomach. Call it all off. Just just chop him in half. I think I know what's going on. <coughs> go on. I think the government have made a mecha Godzilla. Yes. Powered by nuclear energy. Oh my god. And God Godzilla is like, no no no. I won't have that. I don't like other monsters. Yeah. And so now he's trying, he's seeing like, okay, humans are the problem. Because the whole thing in the first one, Ken Watanabe told us that Godzilla <laughs> was there to balance the planet. And he told us so eloquently as well. He also said, let them fight. Let which, th- he did. And I <laughs> believed him. Which has been apparently incorporated into all military planning now in this it just, universe. It just seems like, to be fair, there isn't a part where he could go, you know what, we should stop them fighting. I think at this stage, just let them, you've got nothing, Ken. There's nothing you can do. Can, can you make yourself redundant with those three words? 
Yeah, he, the next day he had a little box putting all his stuff into it. Why did I say that? <laughs> Fucking hell, Ken. Um, yeah, I think Godzilla could be mad at humans. They bring in Kong to stop him, then they become friends, and then they have to fight an even bigger monster. I, I think I think you've called that entirely right. We'll see come March, I suppose, uh, yeah. what the actual outcome is. Um, so, Sean, that is actually it for this week's Movie Mondays. What a, what a fun-filled week packed with movie news. You managed to stay alive during the whole thing. I, I'm very proud of you. I'm going to go to sleep now for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> if you do not hear from me, goodbye. <laughs> By Wednesday. I'll wake back up just before recording Wednesday's weird news. Can you put the show together first? Because I don't like to do work. I just say we wing it. Let's just guess. <laughs> we'll just scroll through Reddit and pick shit yeah, out. As a, oh, did you see this? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> slowly send the link over whatsapp <laughs> um, do you want to take us out yes thank you everyone for listening to this episode of movie mondays we will be back on wednesday as we just said with weird news wednesday friday with hero or zero and next monday with another episode of movie mondays and um, big thanks to everyone who supports us over on patreon that's patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast and um, special shout outs of course have to go to waffles williams kira lawler David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Anna Helmroos, Richard, Little Dicky McGrew, and oh, what a Luke name. Hothoff Podcast. Don't Thank think we all. didn't notice that, Richard. He oh, we caught that. Dick. We caught that. <laughs> I've been debating in my head whether to say it, but I just went for it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah thanks everyone there so so much uh, we hope you enjoyed um, the review that we did of Guardians of the Galaxy on Patreon um, it was really fun to talk about a movie we both like for a change yeah um, and other than that there is a Heroes for Hire merch shop if you want to support the show that way get some sick threads to wear while you fight some <laughs> Rat giant <music> gorillas <laughs> sick, <laughs> sick threads <laughs> yeah can we just change can we make a shirt that says hip hop continues <laughs> hip hop continues yes that should be our next shirt uh, but th- there's a link to that in the description if you are so inclined also there all of our social media links um, and the email address here's for our underscore at outlook dot com but I think that's about it Connor so I've been Connor Lawler I've been Sean Mean and I hope to catch you when I'm not as big sick boy we'll talk to you next week <laughs> bye <laughs> bye imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.